I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition. And today we are back with another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today we actually have a really special guest. I know I say that every time, but I actually consider this guest to be a part of what I call Black royalty. And so you have an understanding of what I mean by that. Uh, when Bob Marley passed away, but then you looked at his legacy and saw all of the Marley brothers doing their thing and swimming in their own lane and being big sharks in their own right. That's what I mean. So today I have with me uh, Dwayne Mooney. How you doing, sir? Good, good. That's an interesting analogy that you just used. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, I would, I would think so. You're right. You're right. We're all doing our thing. And it right. comes from that. It comes from that entity of Paul Mooney, the great Paul Mooney. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. That's great. So it what's really interesting is, um, you know, I grew up with all of my friends. We were quoting your father, right? We we were watching the Dave Chappelle show and, and saw the skits and Negro Domus. So at least that was the uh, the way that we got introduced to your father. And then, um, you know, got a chance to meet you in person and, and see like, oh, you know, these are real people. This is really how we move and just to see uh i actually told my mentor when we when we met uh that it was dope meeting both you and your brother because uh it was cool to see black men be themselves in real time and be accepted for it in every room they walk into wow that's deep yeah yeah uh i, I just meeting you you know you had that um mindset and you know plus the environment was just uh, conducive toward what we're about. So right. know, that's, that's educating and uh, take, taking people to the next level. Right. And uh, so it was fun. So it was great meeting you as well. No, it, it definitely was fun. Um, you know, uh, part of what I took away from that was, you know, it, it's okay for one, be, me to be myself, right? There's, um, I think a lot of my people, uh, my generation struggles with, imposter syndrome and what I've told people imposter syndrome is is you feel like an imposter because you're being an imposter you're showing up in spaces thinking you have to be a certain way and because you're being that way and you're not being yourself um that lack of authenticity leads to a lot of uh turmoil internally what's your opinion of that no I I think that's totally correct because you know it's about being authentic and You know, my brother and I, when we came into Hollywood, really hooked up with our father. We were about 15, 16. Right. And then when we started staying with him, we were 18. So the impression that he left on us, you know, coming from Oakland, California, where everybody's authentic, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Then coming to Hollywood, seeing another level. And, you know, in Hollywood, you get a lot of bullshit right a lot of folks acting like there's somebody that they're not but coming in with that oakland energy Mm -hmm. we got to see it from we got to see the bullshit but at the same time we got to see black folk being creative and going for their dreams Mm -hmm. that i've never seen on that where every every day was you know i got to get this part i'm going to this audition everything was like intensified because the prize was so big. So to see that combination, but coming in with the authentic authenticity, it opened up that dreams are possible. Mm. Oakland is very street, and you know, what's up? And maybe during the time we were coming up, a lot of pimps and you know, the Black Panthers, and there's a lot of struggle right. energy. So it was it was interesting to see black folks going for their dreams in a creative way. So mm. we took the authenticity of Oakland and combined it with the going for your dreams of Hollywood. Nice. So this is what created a Dwayne Mooney or my brother, a Daryl Mooney. So we're able to be real and authentic, but at the same time, have an epic vision of ourselves that Hollywood creates for you. Nice. That that's really interesting. And here's uh, a follow up question to that, because 
what happens with authenticity is you may start to feel like you're excluded from certain rooms because now you're being yourself and people don't really like that version of yourself that you put out. So have you experienced any sort of exclusion from uh, certain rooms and how did you deal with that? Yeah, well, see, you got to understand, again, there's a level to that because, again, my father's Paul Mooney mm. and then my spiritual father is Dick Gregory. Mm. So these are two men that were independent and they got a lot of that because they were thought different. I'm going to give you an example of Dick Gregory was in a, a Hollywood party, Black Hollywood party, mm -hmm. and there was some hip hop music playing and he turned the music off <laughs> right and said that's what's wrong with you motherfuckers listening to this bullshit not standing up for yourself not standing up for your people you know what i'm saying went off right at a hollywood party black party everybody was like so in other words man when you're talking about and then my father you know the way he did comedy was they used to put him, you know, before Def Jam, when it was mm. just white clubs, they would put him up late at night because they didn't want the, the regular crowd to see him. Right. Uh, here, here's the catch to it. Because they put him up at one o'clock at night, black folks used to come from the hood to the white comedy club to mm. see him at one o'clock in the morning. So I'm making the point of what you just said. You've got to be you. Your tribe will come to you. That part. Okay. And that's what Dick Gregory did. His tribe came to him. And mm. that's what Paul Mooney did. His tribe came to him. And that's what I learned. When you're authentic, this is why I put Polly out there so strong. I do it for a reason. Mm -hmm. you know, I put, you know, talking about money. You know, people say, you're always talking about money. Are you always talking about women? But I monetize it and I make money off of it. That makes sense. Right? Because I understand that I'm in, I am an influencer. Mm -hmm. So why not talk about what I do? Forget the naysayers. You're going to have the haters. Right. But it's the people that who think like that, my tribe that's going to come to me. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I make a lot of money. It makes sense. Right, what you uh, what you focus on, you tend to get more of. Exactly. Correct, 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 correct. It's perfect. So sense. I always tell people, oops, I lost you. I always tell people with that mindset that mm -hmm. you want to be authentic because that's how you create your that's how you create your reality. That's how you manifest your reality, literally by being you. Uh, Don King told me a long time ago. I met him when he was uh managing Mike Tyson. Okay. Right. And he told me, uh, set yourself on fire. People will come watch you burn. Mm. Okay. So I always remember that the Don King telling me that set yourself on fire and people will come to watch you burn. Wow. And, and being authentic, being authentic, sets you on fire. You know, what's, what's uh, funny about that is uh, last night I gave um, a group a, a story about a guy that I know who's really arrogant, right? We, we met in the military and everybody hated him because he was so arrogant. And I didn't hate him. I, I felt like I understood it. Yeah. Right? Um, so we hear the, the saying pride comes before a fall. So eventually he hit a fall. And everybody was just so happy to see him down, but his pride never left him, right? Yes. He maintained the pride all the way through. And when I went to go talk to him about that, I was like, yo, how, how do you do that? Um, not because I wanted to figure it out, but I, I wanted to learn more about the man because not too many people can do that. Um, he said to me, he like, it doesn't bother me that these people were never on my side. People have never been on my side, Right. But that self-belief, that pride and what we were misinterpreting as arrogance was how he got through the day every day. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. that that I think is um that level of authenticity has led him to a, a six figure career that's consistent. Um, 
shoot for myself uh authenticity has led me into uh six figure careers that were consistent and now has led me to doing my own thing in my entrepreneur journey so i definitely agree with everything that you've said um yeah. so so let's get into it right um i did ask uh another guest of mine about this question right um and we talked a little bit about this idea of enforced monogamy uh for my listeners it's this is where it gets a little bit uh nerdy and a bit philosophical enforced monogamy is this uh psychological concept that when a man uh let's say grows up and he wants to go to his father and says dad i've had three affairs um somebody who is operating underneath the guise of enforced monogamy will say well regardless of whether they were successful or not you're wrong you're fucking up stop doing that right um so it's not talking about you know that being right because if you've agreed to monogamy and somebody calls you out on something that you agreed to i do actually think that's right but it's really talking about this default of monogamy being the only way um and olive's obviously with you mentioning that you were poly uh you would tend to disagree. What is your opinion of that? Do you believe that we are underneath a uh, veneer of enforced monogamy, or do you believe that we are opening up in polyamory and different forms of uh, poly relationships are now starting to become more accepted and more normal? Well, first of all, we've always been doing poly uh, polyamory. Mm -hmm. Polyamory is just a word, right? That brings people together or they can look at something in a certain way and say oh that's polyamory right now what i mean we've always been doing it we've always been doing uh undercover polyamory right that means you know uncle uncle ricky got my uncle had mm. about nine ten women and children everywhere right right so Everybody knew, but they didn't know. Got you. You know what I'm saying? In other words, so it wasn't empowering. He was just the brother who had a lot of women, a lot of children. Right. So our cousin Jeff got two families. Another mm. family lived around the corner, and the children played together and don't even know they related. Mm. So we got that going on. So in reality, it's always been going on. Our grandma... You know, uh, it was always this child, her daughter came to live with her and her husband, but she got pregnant, but the child came out light-skinned and everybody else brown-skinned. <laughs> you, you so know it's always, it always went on. I don't say, well, you know, it's light-skinned run. No, no, that child looked different, though. <laughs> it looked like that light-skinned brother who lived down the street. What's really funny about that is uh, my mom told me that uh, my grandfather used to look at her and say, you show you my child? You too pretty to be my child. Because my mom, you know, she's a gorgeous woman. She has a uh, red skin. She's not light skin, but, you know, her, her brown skin has a nice red tone to it. And uh, he's very dark brown. So he said, you show you my child? You too pretty to be my child. And that was like their thing for years, right? But understandably so when you do look back at it somebody had a baby that looked like the milkman <laughs> might have some questions exactly so with that the way i look at it monogamy mm -hmm. is a sense of denial mm. okay it's denial we are in a culture that plays fantasy games. Mm. 60 to 70% of all marriages end, end in America. So marriage is not working. And people go from <laughs> people go from relationship to relationship to relationship. Mm. So the serial monogamy are one at a time polyamory. It is. Okay. So in reality, is because you know. When you're monogamous, it means you're supposed to be with one person for the rest of your life. That's what real monogamy means. It don't mean you go from, oh, I'm through with him in two years. Let me get with somebody else. Let me get with the next person, etc. So polyamory 
is really a sense of what we're doing. We're just doing different levels of it. Okay. Gotcha. So, I, and what I mean, a woman has a child, she's with somebody, then they break up and she has a child with somebody else, but she still deals with the father of the child, of the first child. They may not be having sex, but that other man and child is in her life. That's the sense of polyamory. So right. now she's dealing with two men and two different families. That's the sense of polyamory because polyamory is not always sex, mm. which people think it is. So real polyamory is an excellent way for our communities to be empowered. So it is the underlying motor if we identify it, mm -hmm. can take our communities to the next level. But who has the biggest problem? Men, because women have always dealt with uh, patriarch polygamy. This male-dominated polygamy. They can have wives or other women, but women can't have other men, right? But real polygamy means a man with many wives or a woman with many husbands. Right. That's what real polygamy means. So in reality, real polygamy is polyamory. You, in reality. You want to know something that I think is interesting about that is um, the very same clinical psychologist that I was watching, actually Jordan Peterson, uh, when he talks about monogamy and why we are underneath uh, a guise of enforced monogamy, it is because... Uh, in polyamory, you tend to have a more violent society and that violent society. Um, and I, I think people listen to this and skip over the insinuation that he's making, right? Where it does reinforce this idea of patriarchal monogamy as well. We are underneath the guise of enforced monogamy because if a couple of brothers can't get the women, they're going to want to fight, right? And that's based off of their their level within the society i guess you could say the different things that women go for whether or not a man is big and strong or rich and wealthy or smart and intelligent right um but either which way these brothers don't got it the mediocre brothers don't have it so they say all right look one woman and one man what's your opinion of that well in Polygamous societies, it's not really about love, it's about legacy and building. Mm -hmm. So you have a man, because like you said, he's wealthy or a king, he can afford all these women. That's polygamy. Mm -hmm. But polyamory has always happened in tribal societies where there's not a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? Because it's about tribalism and taking care of one another perfect example you would have villages in the motherland mm -hmm. that a brother would go hunting mm -hmm. right leave his wife and go hunting when he would come back it may be a spear on his hut letting him know another man is dealing with his wife mm. so he would have to wait until his wife was you know free to deal with him so these are the stories that are not told because it's based on a patriarch mindset. So we don't hear these stories. It's like you hear the story of uh, King Solomon, which, you know, is a myth. But if we go into uh, the story of King Solomon, is taken from Mansa Musa. Right. One person. They just took it to the next level. They just put it on steroids. So... You think of King Solomon, the story he had all these wives and concubines. Mm -hmm. But we don't hear about 700? Yeah, but we don't hear the level of, well, he had 700 women. Did none of them have no other men? Well, when we go over to to his his women that were from Africa, we can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta tell the truth there. Yeah. So what that makes what's, sense. The, what's the real story if he was dealing with all these women around the all, around the world? And basically, he was doing it for business reasons to open up those cities, right? Mm -hmm. What were they doing? He probably didn't see women for a year. You mean they was just waiting on him? He probably wasn't even having sex with all of them. So the reality uh -huh. is, it's always, it's always been done. 
So when we say polyamory, it will help a culture that doesn't have a lot of money soar. Why? Mm. Because we are coming together, working together. Again, if, if Tyrone has children from one family and then he has children somewhere else and the women hate each other, now he's separating his pocketbook or mm -hmm. he's running away, retreating because he can't afford it. That That's the part right there that, uh, that uh, I think a lot of people miss, right? When, yeah. when you're talking about polyamory and polygyny and polyandry and, and polygamy, the intention is for people to get along, right? Yes. Regardless of whether or not there's multiple men or multiple women, um, the idea is for people to actually to get over their individual feelings of jealousy and understand that that's not anybody else's shit to deal with. And then two, um, to actually support what is being built, whether it's locally or it's a branch network. Um, so no, I, I could see how that could work. I, yeah. I do think it takes a lot of work on the, uh, on the individual to kind of get their shit together. Right. We got people out here that don't want to see you talk to other people. Right. So what, what would you say about that? What would you say to the person who, you know, maybe they can admit that they're a jealous person, but they're trying to conquer that? You know, it's so reinforced, this monogamous mentality that even, you know, even in high school, junior high, you got a girlfriend, you talk to another girl, somebody's upset. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So it goes all into adulthood. It's like, you know, we even when we mature, we're still, when it comes to relationships, we're so adolescent. Right. Right. A man talks to, a woman talks to another man, a man, a boyfriend or a husband just gets rattled. You know, it's like the ownership model is ridiculous. It puts pressure on people. People can't be them. Um, it's, it's, you can't build truly, especially women, because women get trapped in relationships. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you'll see women, they'll have a, a boyfriend, they'll have, they'll have a husband, mm. and they've been together five, six years, you know, she's going to get bored. But if she goes to work, now she has a office husband. You know, and people don't re realize that part. But <laughs> and they could be having sex or not having sex, but emotionally they have a relationship. She's looking forward to going to work Listen. to see her to see her uh her job husband, her office husband. I've, so, I've been in corporate America, and what happens is you go in. There's a lady that's dressing nice, and there's a difference between in corporate America. What with the things that are unsaid is that there's a difference between um dressing nice professionally and dressing nice provocatively, right? Um, and there's a way for you to comment on that without being rude, lewd, or disgusting, right? And it's very simple. And you know who would like you to continue those interactions of comments and flirting. But yeah, and they got a husband at home and it's perfectly fine because that level of appreciation when they step outside is what uh, Aisha Curry was desiring when she stepped on the internet, right? Um, that's that's real, right? And folks got and thanks. Speaking speaking of Aisha Curry, people got so offended and and crazy about that. And that's mm -hmm. all she wanted was some attention. Somebody say she looked good. Somebody say she looked cute. Right. Beside her husband. Because she get it from him all the time, but her husband is out being Curry, getting all the attention. Right, slaying dragon, superstar. She wanted some of that energy, and people like just stay in your place. No, see, this is what I always tell women, rather than married or not. When I'm coaching women, build your queendom, mm. and that's all Aisha was doing. I'm trying to build my queendom and mm -hmm. I have desires that's outside of my husband but because I'm a Christian it's gonna come out funky and I can't say I just want to be desired by other men rather if I act on it it's on me 
It depends what level she's on, but she still wants that connection. So she went to the media and got it and got yeah. just put down for it. Right. Yeah, so yeah, she did get him energetically. This is what we want. This is what polyamory brings. It brings a level of authenticity, authenticity, where people can literally really be who they are. Mm. And what happens on the other end, when you're authentic, guess what? What happens is more abundance comes to you because polyamory in itself is abundant. It's abundant thinking. You have multiple relationships, it's abund multiple loves, it's abundant thinking, which connects to prosperity. How does it connect to prosperity? People all say, well, Dwayne, how do you have so many women? How, how can you keep up with them? How do you have time for them? Because they're all connected to what I do. Mm. When, I be when I really took on polyamory, mm -hmm. this is when my business took off. Because it's not about just me having lovers and me having sex. So it's me building, taking the energy of polygamy, of male-dominated polygamy, but mm -hmm. using the model to create connection and to build wealth with the women that I'm dealing with. But at the same time, they can be free. Why a free woman? A free woman stays juicy, stays excited stays fine why going back to aisha curry aisha curry she is always wanted so she always likes just like the, going back to the woman that goes to the office compared to being at home being the housewife she's dressing to impress every day right she's getting attention so she's filling herself which keeps her in her femininity so when you have women that are free who are being loved on, being appreciated, and doing business, they feel secure. Gotcha. So they feel secure. They feel in their feminine. They no man supports them. Their lifestyle, their way of living, it gives them the confidence to shine. So okay? you brought up two things. Uh, well, you brought up one thing that we were definitely going to pivot into. But before we do that, um, there's a bit of of um, a a movement out there that would say the things that we're talking about allowing um your woman to do these things and um you know moving in that way is a uh, simping so what do you have to say for the men that call that simping calls that running after uh women or you know that over servicing of women or over praise of women what would you have to say to that see, that's and the thing see brothers don't understand that, you know, that hard, you know, patriarchal mentality, you simping the patriarchy. <laughs> you're, you're the one who's simping. You see what I'm saying? Because now, guess what you're doing, too? You're mm. putting yourself in a position to take care of women. Mm. Because of the ownership model. You know, it's like mm. when you say, when you put yourself, when you put people in prison, well, you got to watch them. So that means you're in prison with them. Mm. Right. So patriarchy, if you look at uh, polygamy, for example, men die before women. You know why? Because there's one man taking care of five women, sexually, financially, emotionally. Stress that's why you, you're draining yourself. Yeah. Real polyamory, when I say empowering women, making sure they're good, they're independent, taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you didn't hear me. Independent, taking care of themselves. They, they're, mm -hmm. Them dealing with other, having other relationships. Guess who ain't got to go shopping? Me. Guess who ain't got to go to uh, an event that you don't want to go to? That makes sense. You get to do you. So if you're dealing yeah. with, and, and then they got their own money. So you ain't got to come out your pocket all the time. Hey, you know, what's interesting is that I do hear a lot of brothers discuss um, this idea of feeling wanted by their women versus needed. Right. Um, that has been a thing of mine. Right. Like, I don't want to 
woman that needs me. I want a woman that wants me. What? You just said something that's very important. That's what it creates. It creates a dynamic that a woman doesn't need you. She wants you. So what? when a woman just wants you, again, don't you want a woman that's wet and that's feminine and that just adores you? Because guess what? You have created a sense of freedom for her. You acknowledge her. You support her. She's making her own money. And if you're a catalyst for helping her make money, she's going to love you forever. Right. So real quick, I do want to say to the people, we're not saying that you everybody has to go on to this, but for those that choose to, there's some obvious benefits there. I think we... Oh, man. I, brother, I tour around the world, brother. Mm-hmm. And I have women around the world and it's a lovely thing to be loved, literally to be not, here come Dwayne, uh, what he doing today? I mean, pure love, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Wanting to be in my presence, just wanting to be around me. See, people don't understand, men don't understand that, you know, they look at it as simping, but really you become, you become a guru for them. Mm. That they just want to be around you, right? Mm. That, that they'll, be in, they'll be in another city having orgasms, just thinking about you. You know, it, it's like it's it's a different level uh, of not only uh, a being, but it's a different level of responsibility. That, that was a uh, that was something heavy that you said because it reminded me of um, you know, I I love our traditional African spiritual stories. And what is always said is that the, the man that Oshun, right, who is this love deity, the, the, the woman that men say they want, the man that she ultimately ends up with, the archetype is the wise one, right? It's the teacher, it's the guru. So I think that's really interesting that you said that. Yeah, yeah, he, he, that energy, that vibration women can't help but come to because they feel at peace, right? And there's something inspirational about it where you don't even have to, you don't have to control and dominate. And men think controlling and dominating Mm -hmm. is the ultimate. No, you want women to control and dominate themselves. Please, because if they're not, they're trying to control and dominate you. Exactly. So once they get into, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. I have a woman, but I've been with for 10 years, Mm -hmm. right? And she is always feisty, is always fought, fought me and blah, blah, blah. And this and that was younger than me. I just dealt with her because she was young and had some good yoni. I'm I'm gonna deal with her, right? Right. Since she had a lot of healing power. So I can deal with her feistiness and attitude and young, but Throughout the years and her maturity, now she's a, um, for instance, I pay for her uh, real estate license, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's a real estate person. She's selling houses, $5,000. She just sold one for $20,000. Mm-hmm. Guess who, who she loves more than anybody and who she celebrates with? The man who taught her how to fish. So now she's got her condo. When I come to her condo, guess who's treated like a king? The man who gave her the means to get the condo. Exactly. So when people understand that, it's another level. Mm. And now she understands, now her whole thing is, Dwayne, I want to have, you know, now I always tell her, build your kingdom, build your kingdom. I don't take care of you. I build my kingdom, you build your kingdom together, we build an empire. We take mm. care of each other, right? And other men that you deal with, you take this information, and if you, you have a man your age, you become a kingmaker, right? You turn them into something special, right? Because yeah. you have, you have, I've taught you the information, right? So now she's like telling me, Dwayne, why I want to, you know, I want to, I want to have a live in you know, around my age and I'm going to, you know, she has a condo now that's basically paid for by another man, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and she i got him but what i'm gonna do is live with him and i'm going to uh have him uh uh i'm gonna airbnb my condo and live with my new man my lover and have him have my other one and still get paid and go there so right. he can see me when i need to be there and have that going on and still see you Dwayne. I said, that sounds like a queen to me. You see what I'm saying? Right. He's not just, right. You're right. It, it, and part of why it's that way is because she's not just hopping from nest to nest. She's helping each man build as she moves along. Correct. So this is what women do, you know, one at a time. And notice when a woman breaks up with a man, uh, been with for 10 years, what happens to her? All of a sudden, she started losing weight, getting fine, right? Getting her own money. See, women get it when they're older. When they, I, I'm not gonna let no man, you know, run me no more or mm -hmm. handle all my finances. She starts getting her monies together and started getting independent. But what happens is a lot of times they become bitter, right? They become bitter with the energy. So right. if you teach women how to do it at a young age. They never become bitter. Got you. They want to empower men, right? And have mm. powerful connections with men. But they are being authentic. And also women too, they, when they're with one man, they play down their sexual energy. That's true. You know, they like, oh, no, I don't, no, I just want him. Let a woman be free. Let a woman be independent. And see where and she really at. Without judgment, without people trying to call her all sorts of names and make her feel less than, you get an amazing thing. Yeah, because what happens with women, they fall with because because this patriarch mindset, they fall in, they they got a husband, mm -hmm. they have a dildo, and they got Jesus. So they got three men. They got three men. They got three men. <laughs> they got three men, they fucking Jesus, the dildo. And their husband. And it might be four because you're not sure with the pastor. Not Correct. sure. Correct. You got to watch that guy. Correct. Correct. Because right? energetically, he's... emotionally, they fucking the pastor. Well, yeah, he's he's the man that's, that's, he's the guru for them, right? He's giving them the words of God and then they have their personal relationship with God and then their pleasure relationship with the toy and their support relationship with the husband. Correct. So they're doing it, but they're not being authentic. Mm. So they never get up under it because they're hiding and oh, they're dealing that dildo is better than the husband, you know, and they're getting that information from the guru and then they're getting that spiritual orgasm from Jesus. And then coming back to the husband saying, why can't you be more like, <laughs> yeah. That's what's killing you. That's how. That's what's killing me. <laughs> that's what's killing okay. me. You Not gotta be like Jesus and and like the dildo and like the guru. Oh, the dildo get good. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it gets good. So, well, so I one called the rose toy now, where it's just for the clitoris, right? And I saw a girl put up the other day that uh, the job was done under two minutes. I was like, oh, <laughs> we gotta. Got to figure that one out. See, see, that's that's how really gets. So, going back to that being authentic. So, when a woman is authentic mm -hmm. and she's making her own money and and living her life to the fullest, she saw orgasmic, brother. And you connect with a woman, her passion for what she wants, her dreams, with her sexual energy, she becomes unstoppable. And everybody wants her. Everybody's attracted to this feminine goddess who behind her femininity is her masculine energy that's taking care of business for her. That's inside of her. So the masculine that appears in front of her physically becomes the manifestation of the masculine that's inside of her. So she starts attracting nothing but good men. Mm. Okay, that's what happens when a woman keeps, but right now women 
are so into their needy and I need this man. The man in them, be, be, the masculine in them tra- attracts dogs, uh, folks who want to control them. Homosexuals. You know, exactly. That's what she attracts because the masculine in her is so needy and fucked up. For those of you out there who don't know what a uh, hobosexuals are, those are the the men and the women that you sleep with, uh, so that they can have a place to sleep at night. Exactly, those exactly. Hobosexuals. Hobosexuals. That's oh. what they start attracting. But oh. when their man in them, that masculine in them, is taking mm-hmm. care of business, who protects the feminine that, that they front with, brother, the men that start coming in their lives. It's all about what can I do? For, how can I help you? How can I support you? Mm. Rather it be sexually, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Right? That makes a whole lot of sense. So, And it's the same thing with, with men. When men cultivate the feminine in them, I don't mean this stuff that's, you know, brothers in their feminine and it's up right. front. I'm talking about cultivating their feelings, their love, their communication, their nurturing all those energies when they cultivate that and they they start manifesting these wonderful women in their lives because that feminine supports their masculine that they're leading with that's mm. taking care of business that's leadership that's making things happen well brother you gotta relax and you just can't be like that all the time you gotta nurture yourself and have self-care right eat right exercise all these inner meditate, all these feminine entities, energy that's going to help your masculine prosper. Mm. Your intuition that tells you the opportunity that you should be being connected with. Those are all feminine signals that empower you. So when you say, you know, I'm just, I'm just this macho dude, you're gonna crack. You got to know when to take a risk, when to slow down. So what happens is that energy, you cultivate that energy in you, watch the women that you attract, mm. that want to do for you, that want to support you, that want to love you, that want to sex you. You ain't got to be in no nightclub. You don't have to be on tenor, tenor, tender. They start coming to you naturally because you have become cultivated in your energy, as I said before, set yourself on fire, people will come watch you burn. Mm. It's the same thing as an entrepreneur or somebody who's trying to attract wonderful women. I'm, I'm glad that you started going down the entrepreneurial route um, because one thing about myself uh, that everybody in my family will tell you, uh, every woman that I have a relationship with will tell you, um, I, the number one priority is a business, right? So if you intend to like me and you don't have a business, uh, that's where we starting, right? We starting on what your dream is, what your goal is, and how can we get you a business to support that, right? Um, So what advice do you have for brothers and sisters out there that are on the entrepreneur journey? Uh, They're just getting started. Maybe they have a product or a service in their mind, but maybe they're scared to put something out or maybe they're not afraid. Maybe they're putting it out and people aren't, interested in it yet what advice do you have for those people well this is what i would say when i'm coaching people this is what i tell them Mm. and i said it before men build your kingdom women build your kingdom Mm. entrepreneurship is a part of that because each kingdom has got to have a money system each kingdom has got to have a money system So this is where entrepreneurship comes into play. When you start a business, you are starting to build your kingdom or your queendom. So, and this is the key for people, you got to lock in it so hard Mm -hmm. where it becomes your, it becomes your life's purpose, Mm. okay? Because we know in a capitalist system, you got to have you some capital. Capital, I mean, entrepreneurship is the new, what people call revolution. I call it the new evolution, mm. right? So when you look at it on that level, entrepreneurship 
is where I want to be, guess what happens? And, and it gives people more incentive to do it, not only for the money that you're going to occur, but who you become right? as you're going for your goal and going for your dream. And yeah. then not only does it make you money, but who you become and who you attract. Who you attract. Who yeah. you attract. This is what people don't understand. Look at the greats. Look at a Martin Luther King, for example. Right. Martin Luther King was doing his thing, nonviolence, and you know, he had his home wife and he had his his on-the-road wives, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, people like, oh, Martin Luther King, don't, don't, don't let that out. You know, we want to look at him as great. This makes him greater. Listen, I, I told somebody when when we first discovered that when that came out, uh, I want to say it was like almost 10 years ago, we, we was talking about this, and they was like, Oh, that was wrong. I said, man, I'll be good goddamn if I'm out here marching for freedom and I can't get a little bit of pussy. <laughs> I was joking, but I'm serious too. Like, correct. He's doing a whole bunch of work. You know, the least, the least. Martin Luther King had guru energy. Mm. When you around, could you imagine making love to Martin Luther King? No, I can't. <laughs> no, not you, but you know, a woman making love to Martin Luther King? Right. It must just, they'll remember that forever. Well, so you see it now with when uh, Barack Obama was elected and there were women that were attracted to the regality and the authority of his figure, right? It, so I think it's the same thing. And I'm not saying that he's the same person and they've done the same no. thing. But it, if we say that, well, who do we have to look for that may represent what Martin Luther King looked like to people back in the day? I would say women may have viewed him the same way that they view Barack Obama. And there's been a lot of memes out on what women would do to Barack Obama and all of those things. I'm not sure if you came across them and seen them. Oh, definitely. Right. Definitely. Women have been very vocal about their attraction to that. And I don't think it would be any different with a Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. And I can't tell you what grandmas and grandpas may have said back in the day about some of these uh, historical black figures. Right. Um, have you seen the show on um, on a uh, bumpy? Well, I forgot the name of it. With Forrest Whitaker on um, it's on Epic. Mm, oh, it's, what is that? The, the Godfather of Harlem? Yeah, the Godfather of Harlem. The, Martin, the, the Malcolm X character is deep mm. uh, because you're seeing that. He's got the wife, Betty, at home. Mm. And he has Bumpy's daughter, who's a Muslim, who's in love with Malcolm. Mm. So, she's, so he's, she's, his, she's his work wife, right? When he's on his Muslim thing outside of home, that's his wife. That's his go-to woman. That makes sense. Right. But it's never explored in a romantic way, but you see the vibration and the energy happening. Mm -hmm. But Malcolm never identified with it, right? He never, mm -hmm. like, let me take this on. This woman loves me. I love her. Let me, her and Betty hook up and let's talk about this. He, he right? kept it, um, he kept it like moral, this moral thing. He held himself to that Malcolm responsibility. Had going yeah. on in his head rather than let me do this for real right mm -hmm. where Mark, where Malcolm came from the streets and was doing all that bullshit where where Martin came from that middle class up more upbringing where you know then Malcolm became moral and Martin became a hoe in this mm. thing, in this dynamic culture no I'm, I, it makes sense it was they reversed it that's why when you look at them, one was nonviolent, one was violent, right? But yet, uh, uh, Martin uh, 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 stuck his foot out more than Malcolm. Mm. Malcolm was hiding up under Elijah and finally figured it out. But Martin was always out front, right? Right. And it's like, so they were like twins, Right. They, they I was just saying the contrast between the two of them. Man. 
Yeah. It, people don't understand the energies, the dynamic. When people always say, well, who's better, Malcolm or Martin? Well, I follow Martin, I follow Malcolm. No, it's both their energies. Right. You got to have both of them in you. It's a balance. It's the balance. And they were the examples of the plight that Black people were under and people took sides. No, it's the combination that's going to work. Mm. It's the combination that's going to work. You know what was interesting, even with people taking sides, and we do have a lot of uh, Black people nowadays that, nowadays that believe in nonviolence. Um, but, you know, there have been books that came out that detailed um, that Martin Luther King wasn't always nonviolent. He was persuaded to nonviolence. And even during those times, he had people around him who had guns and weapons on them. And just the reverse. Malcolm was violent, but he was the most peaceful. He was more peaceful than Martin. Well, that's how you got to be when you are violent. Yeah. Violence so it's you like peaceful. It's the it's it's so it's a beautiful thing when you understand both in energies. So when we talk about entrepreneurship, and we even talk about Martin and Malcolm, Martin's family are very well off financially. Right. Malcolm's not so much. So because Martin was more accepted, you know, in the end, because nonviolence and the, the bullshit. But however, today, entrepreneurship is the new freedom. So when I, it goes back to what I was saying, so when I'm saying building your kingdom, building your queendom, entrepreneurship is what's going to free you. I always tell women who want to go poly, get your, when you're with a man, get your money together first. Because you don't want to be thrown out the house. You don't want to be taken off the bank account and suffering behind his emotional ass. Listen, listen. There's a whole song right now by a, a rapper that I really like. His name's IDK. It stands for Ignorantly Delivering Knowledge. But he, he says to women, he says, talking about you want a Birkin and running your mouth. You're going to live in that purse when I'm kicking you out. See? He, he's See, telling you, he's telling see, you, you desire the wrong shit, <laughs> right? Uh, a lot of people don't, don't listen to that. He's telling you, you desire the wrong thing. You're going to live in that purse when I'm kicking you out. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Mm. This is why I tell women, I said, when you want to go poly, get your shit together. Mm. So you have leverage. So now you're talking, you're talking from a queen perspective. Right. Rather than I'm I'm a mate and I'm his lesser than and his wife. And so now you get all bitter and mad. Well, he who has the gold rules. Mm. Get you some gold so you can match the energy. So now we can have a discussion and we can negotiate. As they, 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 they can't use, well, I'm gonna just throw you out, I'm gonna kick you out. So, and because you're gonna end up, oh, I'm leaving. I'm I'm going to my I'm going to the condo, right? You know, you stand that. on your feet. Oh, I'm gonna stay in a nice hotel before I get my plane. It's like, not or uh, my name is on this uh, house, so I'm gonna be here as long as I want to leave. We'll just be here. We just you just live on this side of the household. I live on this side. Don't so, do it. And I would I would say don't do it manipulatively. But at the same time, if you want to see a man negotiate with you. Have have some sort of play or something to do with his money, right? If you want to see a man negotiate quick, have something to do with his money in a fair way where you help him earn money, man, that, that kicking you out conversation wouldn't even go that way. Correct. Correct. So, that way. so entrepreneurship is not only the key to living a great life, it's a key to relationships to stay intact because now we can negotiate from a uh we, we we both can negotiate from a powerpoint so how do we become you know how do we become entrepreneurs you mentioned something one way is to uh you said it earlier is to find a product you know it's, it's a few ways to become entrepreneurs one is infopreneurship your information, whatever you do, your information can make you money. Mm -hmm. You just got to figure out how to uh, monetize that, you know. And one way to do it is like just start promoting. 
Whatever it is that you do, just start promoting it. If you have a Facebook uh, page, start promoting it on your Facebook page. Right. Just start talking about what you do. Like, for instance, if I homeschool, I'm going to start a talk about, I'm going to talk about homeschooling on my page. Right. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show people me homeschooling. So the whole thing is to get you to understand this is what I do. You're going to understand that I'm an expert. So now people are going to start saying, well, do you homeschool or do you teach people how to homeschool? Then all of a sudden you're going to start, well, yeah, I teach. Uh, I charge this for coaching, blah, blah, blah. You walk yourself into entrepreneurship mm. by what you know. It's really, that, it's really that simple. That's all I did. I have a coaching site, GwayMooney.com. Where I coach people on relationships, everything I do from poly to making money to mindset to wellness to tantra, every to dream interpretation, everything I do, I make money off of. Mm. Right. And then I have um the investment club, the wealth portal, right. right? Where people come in, I show people how to make money. All my companies are investment companies that are through network marketing and affiliate marketing. They are affiliate marketing and network marketing for a reason. That means I don't have to charge you up front. Right. I get paid on the back end from the companies that I turn you on to, that you can invest in, and you don't have to sign people up if you don't want to. You're, you can make money as an investor. But I do it through network marketing and affiliate marketing programs where I don't have to charge you for the information. Right. But the infopreneurship, I'm going to charge because that's not affiliate. That's like you're getting information from me from me to change, to help you live your best life. You're going to have to pay for that. Mm. But the wealth portal is a investment club that you get the opportunity to make money. Right. By investing your money. Right. So these two entities got me living my best life Mm. and connected to the women coming into the programs, helping them live their best life. So, and because I am a coach, it's easy for me to deal with multiple women because I'm a coach, guru. So I'm always giving them information to go to the next level because I practice, can I? Constant and never ending improvement. How do we become better? How does my business become better? How do I become better? How the women in my life, how do they become better? Right. So by them being in my life, this coaching information I get, they get to get for free. Mm. Okay. So I'm that dude. Literally. It's like, I'm having such a ball. It's, it's, it's amazing. So when I go into a city, like I got a show in San Diego, I got a show in San Diego coming up November 13th. I got a woman flying in, right? right? She's going to help me with everything I'm doing, right? My table and all that. Uh, In November, I got a woman flying in for something that I'm doing in LA that she's actually putting on, right? Mm. That I'm speaking at. That's, that's, later on in November, then in uh, uh, December, I'm doing, I got another woman flying in, and um, I'm doing something in Arizona. Gotcha. Right? And I'm doing seminars, and she's going to help me do some things there. So it's like, brother, I'm, I just got through, I just, you see this hat? No, I don't have that hat. I just got, came back from, oh yeah, this is the Puerto Rico hat. PR, I just came back from Puerto Rico, mm. right? Had a woman meet me there, right? To show me all the sites. Now I'm getting ready to buy some property out there. Right. I connected to some people out there. So it continues. Mm. I love it, man. It- man, listen, when I first met you, I knew there was a conversation to be had. I knew there was going to be some offer. Uh, awesome amazing information just by how I've seen you live your life. Um, But with this episode, I think this is something that I can share with some brothers and with some sisters and we could reevaluate how we've been looking at this thing, right? (laughs) 
we could really sit down and come to the, t- the table and reevaluate how we've been looking at this thing. So I definitely want to thank you. Um, and in the spirit of uh, wrapping it up, because I, I, I know how this could go. I, I know you could give jewels for forever. Oh, yeah. but I think they need to sit down and really chew on what was said. So is there anything as we're closing that you'd like to say? Yeah, two things. You can go to DwayneMooney.com for consultation. Mm-hmm. You can also go to um, uh, Facebook and look for the Wealth Portal Group, the Wealth Portal Group, and sign up with that for free so you can start making this easy money. We'll put all the links in the show notes. So when you come to check us out, make sure the links are definitely in the show notes for all the people. I love it. I appreciate you, brother. Oh, uh, no, thank you. Okay. And just remember live your best life and help as many people as you can. You heard it here, folks. Now go be great.